0: Now, our man Charlie is either going to get fired or is going to be seen as so weak that his future career is essentially over. But let's just back up a minute and see how Charlie, poor guy, got into this mess. Charlie is an educated, driven and diligent young professional. He has spent a decent amount of time at the company learning the ropes of his junior corporate role and understands the company culture well. He is in actual fact being lined up for a promotion, which of course means a good increase in his salary, a nice company benefits package, and eventually being able to prove to his parents-in-law that he has the metal to go places and do great things. Great news for Charlie. But with this potential promotion comes many challenges. And perhaps none of these more significant than being plunged into the deep end of advanced professional business English. Charlie now stands at the bottom of a golden yet mystical learning curve. One that if he climbs successfully will result in professional skills so great that he can work wherever with whoever he wants in the world. But, in order to develop these professional skills, Charlie is now required to lead, not just watch. To engage, not just be present. To have an impact, not just talk. And this is Charlie's greatest challenge – his upgrade from general English to business English. Properly executed, this upgrade will change everything for him. So now we know a bit more about our star Charlie, let's get back to his current predicament. You see, Charlie, as part of being tested for his promotion, has been asked to lead his first big meeting with all the heads of department from across the company. A truly international gathering of some very professional and successful businessmen and women. And, to top it all off, the three native English owners of this giant international corporation will be listening in on the meeting via video link from London, New York and Melbourne. As you might imagine, Charlie is feeling the heat. However, with big messages to deliver in his first pro-meeting, it suddenly dawns on Charlie that he has no idea how formal he should be or what pro-phrases to use. As the meeting begins, the room falls silent. All eyes are on Charlie. But as he takes a deep breath and shifts in his seat, he remembers a few valuable lessons from his favourite Business English podcast. That goes a little like this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business English Podcast, helping professionals communicate more effectively, more confidently, and with impact. With your host, Rob, from Energetic English. Let's get down to business. So, as we are all now very much aware, Charlie is in a bit of a tight spot. He has to deliver some strong messaging in his first big meeting, in front of all his colleagues and bosses. If he gets this wrong, our man Charlie is either getting fired on his first day or is going to be seen as so weak that his future career is essentially over. So what did Charlie do? he recalled this episode of the Business English Podcast, of course. Now, just like Charlie, have you ever found yourself in a business meeting, nodding along, and suddenly realising you're not quite sure if you're agreeing to a suggestion or committing to a deadline? Well, you're not alone. It's these nuances in language that can turn a simple meeting into a complex puzzle, especially for non-native English professionals. In this episode, we focus on three key phrases – must, have to, and should. While they might seem straightforward, each carries its own weight and advanced implication in the professional world. We'll explore the fine lines that distinguish these phrases from one another, giving you clear examples and use cases. This isn't just about grammar, it's about empowering you to express yourself precisely and confidently in any business setting. But we're not going to stop there. We'll also arm you with several phrases from each category, tailor-made for advanced business meetings. You'll learn not just what to say, but why and how to say it in specific contexts. And of course, we'll wrap up with some common mistakes to avoid, ensuring that you leave this episode as a more effective communicator. So, whether you're listening from your office, during your commute, or relaxing at home, get ready to elevate your business English to the next level. Let's get started. Alright, let's dive into the heart of today's topic, the nuanced differences between must, have to, and should. These words might seem interchangeable at first glance, but in the world of business, they can convey entirely different levels of obligation and advisability. First up, let's talk about must. This is the word we use when there's an obligation or a necessity involved. It's like a non-negotiable in the world of business language. For example, if I say, we must finalize the budget by Friday, It implies a strong obligation. There's an underlying sense of urgency and importance. It's not just a suggestion. It's almost an order. Now, I'd like you to repeat after me. We must finalise the budget by Friday. We must finalise the budget by Friday. Great, now let's see it in action. Imagine you're leading a team meeting and the financial quarter is ending. You'd use must to stress the importance of meeting deadlines. It sets a clear, firm expectation for your team. Next, we have have to. This one's interesting because it often indicates a requirement, something that's imposed by external circumstances. For instance, we have to comply with the new regulations. This phrase suggests that the action is not just necessary, but mandated by an external authority, like law or a policy. Let's practice this one. Repeat after me. We have to comply with the new regulations. We have to comply with the new regulations. Perfect. In a professional context... Have to is used when you're discussing actions driven by external factors. It's less about what we want to do and more about what we need to do because of external requirements. Lastly, we have should. This is more about advice or recommendations. When you use should, you're suggesting something that is advisable but not obligatory. Take this for example. We should consider the client's feedback. This isn't a hard requirement like must or have to, but it's a strong suggestion that it would be wise to do something. Let's try this one out. Repeat after me. We should consider the client's feedback. We should consider the client's feedback. Nicely done. In meetings, using should is a great way to propose ideas or actions that you believe are beneficial without imposing them as requirements. To sum up this section, must is your go-to for obligations, have to for external requirements, and should for advice or suggestions. Understanding and using these phrases accurately can make a huge difference in how your messages are received in a business setting. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it that counts. Stay tuned as we'll be diving into specific phrases you can use in your next business meeting. We're all about making you sound not just professional but impressively articulate in your next meeting. Now that we've got a handle on the differences between must, have to and should, let's elevate our game. In this section, we're going to explore several advanced phrases for each type, perfect for use in business meetings. These phrases will not only help you communicate more effectively, but also showcase your proficiency in business English. Let's start with must. Remember, must is all about obligation and necessity. Here are some advanced phrases you can use. We must consider all the implications before making a decision. We must consider all implications before making a decision. This phrase is great when you want to emphasise the need for thorough analysis. It conveys the importance of not rushing into decisions. Next, we must meet our targets this quarter. We must meet our targets this quarter. Use this phrase when you want to stress the critical nature of achieving goals. And lastly, we must obtain approval from the board before proceeding. We must obtain approval from the board before proceeding. This is perfect for highlighting the necessity of following protocols or getting necessary permissions. Okay, now imagine you're in a meeting discussing a project timeline. Using must in these phrases helps set a tone of seriousness and urgency, making it clear that these are not just suggestions, but essential actions. All right, moving on to have to. These phrases are about requirements, often due to external factors. First one. We have to adhere to industry standards in this project. We have to adhere to industry standards in this project. This is about compliance and following established guidelines. Next, due to the new policy, we have to revise our approach. Due to the new policy, we have to revise our approach. Here, you're pointing out that changes are mandatory because of new rules or policies. And finally, we have to complete the training to remain compliant. We have to complete the training to remain compliant. This phrase is useful when emphasising the necessity of an action to meet certain criteria or standards. Do you feel the sense of external compulsion with each one of those? In a scenario where you're discussing new company policies or industry regulations, these have-to phrases clearly communicate that actions are not optional but required. And lastly, should. This one is used for advice or recommendations. For example, we should allocate more resources to this initiative. We should allocate more resources to this initiative. This is a suggestion to prioritize a particular initiative. Next, considering the data, we should reevaluate our strategy. Considering the data, we should reevaluate our strategy. Use this when you propose reassessing plans based on new information. And finally, we should touch base with the client for further input. We should touch base with the client for further input. Now, think about these phrases as recommendations rather than directives. Each of these phrases, whether must, have to, or should, serves a unique purpose. They enable you to articulate your thoughts clearly and influence the direction of your meetings with precision. Remember, the power of your communication in business settings lies in these nuances. Up next... We'll look at some common mistakes to avoid when using these phrases. Trust me, you won't want to miss these tips. Stay with me. Now we've covered a lot of ground with must, have to and should, but knowing the right phrases is only half the battle. Equally important is understanding common mistakes to avoid. In this segment, we'll dissect some of these errors, helping you steer clear of potential misunderstandings in your professional communications. Firstly, misusing must. A common mistake with must is using it when the situation calls for a softer approach. For instance, saying you must consider this option can come across as too forceful, especially when a suggestion would be more appropriate. Remember, must conveys a strong obligation – it's like saying this is non-negotiable. So reserve must for situations where you need to express a requirement or necessity, not just a preference. Okay, Next up, overusing have to. With have to, the pitfall often lies in overuse, particularly when it's not about external requirements. Saying we have to change our strategy might sound like there's an external mandate for change, when in reality it might just be a recommended course of action. In such cases, should is more fitting. Have to is best reserved for situations where there's an external compulsion or a need to comply with policies or regulations. And lastly here, confusing should with weak suggestions. A common error here is using should in a way that makes your suggestions sound weak or optional, especially when you're actually recommending something with conviction. For instance, we should maybe think about updating our IT systems. This sounds hesitant and non-committal. If you strongly believe in the need for an update, make your suggestion confidently. We should update our IT systems to improve efficiency. Now you see here, the way you frame your should phrases can greatly impact how your message is received. Okay, and a general tip across all three, avoid using these modal verbs interchangeably. Each has its own context, and using them incorrectly can lead to miscommunications and misunderstandings. For instance, replacing must with should in a compliance context can downplay the urgency or necessity of the action. Understanding these nuances and avoiding these common mistakes will not only improve your communication, but also help you navigate English-speaking business environments with greater ease and confidence. Next we'll explore what not to say in business meetings, some phrases that might seem okay but could be potentially landmines in a professional context. This is crucial for non-native speakers, so make sure you stick around for that. Navigating what to say in a business meeting is important, but equally crucial is knowing what not to say. This section is all about phrases and approaches to avoid in professional settings, helping you maintain a polished and competent image. Firstly, avoiding casual language. One of the key things to avoid in business meetings is overly casual language. Phrases like, yeah, we should totally do that, or... I guess we have to go with that, can undermine the professionalism of your communication. They might work in informal conversations, but in a business context, they can make you seem less serious or committed. Instead, opt for more formal alternatives like, I agree, we should implement that strategy. Or, it appears we are required to adopt this approach. And now, steering clear of ambiguities. Ambiguous statements are another pitfall. Phrases like, maybe we could think about this, or this might be a good idea, can create confusion about your stance. In business meetings, clarity and decisiveness are valued. If you have a suggestion or an opinion, state it clearly. For instance, I suggest we review this strategy, or I believe this approach would be beneficial. These phrases are more direct and clear. And now, negative phrasing. Saying things like, we shouldn't forget to consider the risks, can focus the conversation on negatives. Instead, phrase it positively. It's important to consider the risks as part of our strategy. You see the difference there? This shifts the focus to constructive action rather than what shouldn't be done. Now, overcommitting. committing a common mistake, especially among non-native speakers eager to impress, is overcommitting committing with phrases like, we must deliver this project in record time, or we have to exceed all our targets. While ambition is good, overpromising can lead to unrealistic expectations. It's better to commit to what's achievable and focus on delivering quality results. And lastly, some general advice. Now, avoid phrases that could be misinterpreted, understate your commitment, or overpromise. The key is to communicate clearly, positively, and realistically. Remember, in a professional setting, how you say something is just as important as what you say. By steering clear of these common missteps, you'll not only avoid potential misunderstandings, but also position yourself as a thoughtful and effective communicator in any business meeting. As we wrap up this section, think about how these tips can apply to your next meeting. Up next, we'll conclude with a quick recap of today's learnings, so stay tuned. As we come to the end of today's episode, let's take a moment to recap the key points we've covered. We've delved into the nuanced world of must, have to and should understanding their subtle differences and the context in which they are best used. We explored advanced phrases for each, perfect for elevating your language in business meetings. And importantly, we discussed common mistakes to avoid and what not to say, ensuring you communicate with clarity and professionalism. Remember, it's not just about being fluent, it's about being precise, persuasive and effective in your communication. I encourage you to practice these phrases, reflect on the tips shared and apply them in your next business meeting. A quick reminder, if you haven't already, to check out our website for additional resources, episodes and practice exercises. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more insights into business English. And just before we go, what did happen to old Charlie boy? Well, you'd be pleased to know that through the awesome vibrations of this podcast and his commitment to improving his professional business English, he is currently gunning for another promotion in Southeast Asia. We wish him the very best of luck. So, keep practising, stay confident, and of course, keep it strictly business. You have been listening to the Business English Podcast. Remember to subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see you next time.